Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. How's everybody doing tonight? Awesome, awesome, awesome. I got some fun things to tell you. You guys ready for some fun things? Amen. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you to Chris. I know that, uh, and I'm Pastor Jimmy's not here tonight, but uh, these guys have been doing a great job. I listened to their messages on Wednesday nights leading this prayer service. Liz and I, most weeks, are down uh, with the youth and we are just ministering to the youth that are down there. And, you know, the God has called us to do as much things together as we possibly can. And so we're doing as much things together as we can. And we've been doing that on Wednesday nights. And last Wednesday night, um, honestly, I had to do a funeral for a young man only 29 years old. And it was really, it was a difficult, those are difficult ones to do. As I'm learning, uh, you know, not that the 88 and 93-year-olds are not difficult because they are. And they're lost of a loved one, but when someone's 29, it's, there's a lot of questions about why. Um, and, you know, sometimes we don't get to answer all those questions. And uh, I couldn't answer all those questions for the family. But, you know, I can pray for them and encourage them and ha- have them seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Because he's the only one who brings peace. Well, some exciting things is, uh, well, two things I want to share is, God is so good. So last Monday... Uh, I got a text from the pastors that we grew up under. Liz and I grew up in the same church uh, on the eastern side of the state. And they sent us a text. And the text went something like this is, Oh yeah, do you remember about that conference we told you about this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in Virginia? Will you guys be able to make it? Well, me being Mr. Logical, me being Mr., you know, well, uh, no, we actually did forget about it, and no, we won't be attending, but thank you so much for asking, and we really appreciate the invite, and it was a conference regarding just worship and something that, you know, things that are going on in the body of Christ, and it's a network of charismatic and Pentecostal churches, and so it was just a, you know, a great opportunity. So I go home Monday night, and I tell my beautiful wife, and I'm just like, oh yeah, honey, Trish texted us and said, you know, that conference is on Thursday, and I just, you know, I just told her, I was just letting her know we're not coming. And then Liz just, you know, she's got a prophetic gifting and a discernment, and she just kind of paused for a second. It was like, hmm, I don't know about that. I was like, what do you mean? It's like, maybe we should pray about that. It's like, you know what, church? Could we pray about things sometimes? before quickly using the logical wisdom answer that says, it's Thursday, we have eight kids, they've got school, they've got a birthday party on Saturday, there's so much that things we have to do for work, of course we can't go. And we took like a few minutes and we prayed. You know what? God said, go. He made it very clear to us to go. And I'll tell you what, it was such a blessing that we went. Uh, Uncle Bill did some driving back and forth, so I appreciate that. Rich gave up his Saturday uh, as his wife took some kids to a birthday party. And what I loved about it is that the body of Christ came together. And he just, God just made a total way for us to be able to go to this conference. Well, at this conference, I can tell you what. Again, these were charismatic Pentecostal churches. 
And so this is the first time being in this network. We would introduce ourselves and we would talk to people. And they'd be like, well, how are things going at your church? And I could not help but share all of the wonderful miracles and testimonies that were going on in our church. And I'm just like, look, I'm giving God the glory here, completely giving God the glory. But let me just tell you a few things that are going on in our church. And I'll tell you what, the looks on their faces, they were in shock. They were in awe. And I'm telling you what, guys, what is happening here, yes, it is happening other places, but it is far less common than I think that we want to believe. And I want it to be far more common at every church, at every place for what God is going to do. And so that was the exciting thing coming out of that is, one, we're on the right track. One, God is just leading us. He gave us confirmation about so many things at this conference about what we want to go do and who we're called to reach. Uh, And we just came back really, really excited. And what I wanted to share with you tonight uh, is along those lines, and the message I have tonight is called The Harvest. It's called The Harvest. And I'm going to do, it's probably going to be, it's going to be two-week series. I'm going to do this week is going to be just The Harvest and what it is, and then next week is going to be, you're going to want to come back because it's going to be, the tagline is going to be is How to Reap the Abundant Harvest. So it's kind of like a little catchy thing. Like, well, we'll talk about the harvest, and we're going to get excited about it. Then we're going to figure out, okay, well, next week, come back. I want to know how to reap this harvest that I got. So you guys know as a church, we've been saying it. Most of you are fairly regular attenders. So you know that this has been prophesied over us, that this is the year of provision and harvest. And as I, as I think on those words, and as I think about what God is doing in this church, I'm not declaring an end to when provision and harvest ends. I honestly don't believe that there is a current end in sight of this provision and harvest. I believe this is a season, not just a year, not like 2019 was the year of provision and harvest, what's next in 2020. I believe God's provision and harvest for this church is going to continue to manifest. Why do I believe that? Because he's just getting started. He is just getting started. I'm telling you, church, there is a divine alignment of financial miracles and physical miracles that is going to bring revival to this area. It is happening, it's happening, we're seeing it here, and it's exciting. First scripture I have I want to share with you is Amos 3, verse 7. And it says this, it says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. And I looked at that verse, and I was just like, okay. So there's things that he wants to go do. Not, not things in his word. We know what the things in his word. But he continues to reveal things that happen. And I've got a prophecy here that Chris had forwarded to me. And the name of this lady is Lana Bowser. Did I say that right? Lana Bowser. And I want to read this prophecy to you. And I'll tell you what. The one that I read on Sunday, the floored by provision the one that talks about God's provision, that was from her as well. And I'm telling you, church, it's like this woman is opening up our mail. It's almost as if she's like in the same meetings, in the same prayer things. And so to me, that is just confirmation in my spirit that this lady is hearing. And what she is saying is also for our church. And this is a little bit long, so bear with me. And if you want to take a few notes here and there, there's some things that are highlighted Uh, that'll just kind of ping out to you that I think if you want to write down, because when I'm done reading this, I just want to pray as a church just for a couple minutes over this prophecy and just declare it.
for us and for this church and for this time. Then I'm going to jump back into my message. It says this. Some of the, this is the title. Some of the greatest alignments of your life are going to take place at Rosh Hashanah, entering into 5780 and beyond. 5780 is uh, kind of like uh, the calendar that would say 2020. So it's basically this coming year, uh, 2020. For those who don't know when Rosh Hashanah is, that was from September 29th, which was last Sunday, the 29th, that Sunday, so it would be two Sundays ago, through Tuesday, October 1st. October 8th, I'm sorry, until October 8th. So it has this been like a week and a half or so. It's been a week and a half of this time frame. And when I read this, I could almost cry about it because it's like, wait a second, everything she's reading is stuff that either has been said, has been prophesied, has been prayed over, that has happened over the past 10 days. And now, so to me, I believe that this stuff is going to continue to happen as we go into 2020. It says this, the Lord has been speaking so much about alignment. Do you write down alignment in this last year? As I position myself before the Lord as we lead up to Rosh Hashanah, so this came out right before that, and entering into 5780 or 2020, I heard the Lord, the Holy Spirit whisper this. There is an acceleration of alignment that will begin to take place. An acceleration of alignment that will begin to take place. And I'll tell you what, we went to this conference, of course the conference is within the time frame that we're talking about. There was such an alignment that we had, that Liz and I felt, with this network and where, this, where they were going and what they were ministering, what they were speaking into and the apostolic giftings that they were pouring into our hearts. An acceleration of alignment that we're entering into. As I continue to lean in, into his heart for these words, these things thundered around me. Some of the greatest alignments of your life. Now this, I'm speaking this not only over our church but to you. The alignments of your life are going to take place at Rosh Hashanah and, in, and entering into 5780. Then Deuteronomy 1.11 resounded all around me. May the Lord, the God of your fathers, add to you a thousand times as many as you are and bless you just as he has promised you. So I'm like, oh my goodness, come on. So there was a Liz, and then I'm just back it up here. So Liz and I had a, had a kind of like a, an impression from the Lord uh, not that this is like just this is internal business here. I'm just probably don't share a whole lot of this stuff on Sunday, but this is kind of internal business. He really said to us that you know begin to align yourself for a 500 person church, and he didn't say when that was going to happen. He just said a 500 person church. And the moment he like gave that a, us that impression, two days later, Brother Paul, who's not here, had a word from the Lord and said, "Your vision is too small." Well, if I say, if, if, if I'm thinking 500, and then I'm thinking that the vision's too small, I'm thinking 1,000 is not far from around the corner. And I don't know what that, I don't know if that means all here, I don't know if that means multiple, look, I do not know all the plans and purposes that God has in store. But I'm telling you, all of this stuff begins to be aligned. There's an, there will be a mighty acceleration of the Lord's hand during this time to bring significant alignment and new alignments, this network that came to us, so that you can run empowered by the Holy Spirit. So alignment allows us to run empowered. So we want to write that down. Run empowered by the Holy Spirit in the next phase of your journey that God has for you. Whatever the next phase of your journey has, whatever it is, is going to be divine alignments that are going to happen in your life. 
The Lord showed glimpses of the magnitude of 2020, which is the Hebraic year, uh, 5780. And what he kept repeating is, it is bigger than you realize. Again, confirmation of a word that we have. It's bigger than you realize. It's bigger than you can imagine. What I am going to do is so completely new that it requires new alignment and alignments in order to carry on what I'm going to release. Things that have been out of order are going to come into order. Do you know that the word from the Lord for us was get your house in order? He said it to us, to Liz and I, over and over and over and over. And I begin thinking, like, like, I believe he really means, like, everything. Like, get your house, like, literally my physical house in my home. I am in the basement, guys. I love you all. But sometimes on Friday morning, instead of coming to the office, I am working in the basement with Maggie May, and we are putting stuff together. We are making, we are getting stuff in order, because what the Word says is be obedient to what he has told us to go do. So until he tells me exactly what that order means, I am going to start putting my house in order. I am putting the church in order. We are getting things in order. So I would encourage you as well, get stuff in order. Because I believe when he speaks through us and through the prophetic, it means it really needs to resonate in your lives as well. Get your stuff in order. All right, I missed where I was here. Really get in order. Ba, ba, ba. Uh, the Lord is going to powerfully reveal misalignments. And the hand of the Lord will correct them and bring forth right and new alignments that will form a greater strength, fortification, and grace upon the people of God to step into all that he has for them. The next portion here says, don't fight the alignment and the new alignments. I saw the hand of the Lord rearranging things. I saw him removing old strategies and replacing them with new strategies. I saw the voice of God heralding and calling people out of old alignments and into new ones. I saw the voice of the Lord calling people out of geographical locations and into new geographical locations. I don't know how that applies to us. I don't know if we're going to end up planting another church in the not-too-distant future. I am, I am just going to be open to whatever God has in store with that. I saw the Lord calling people out to what they have previously walked into and stepping out into new ventures, new territories, and new assignments. This coming year is going to look very different for many. It's not going to look like 2019. The Lord is doing major overhauls. It doesn't mean that what was done in 2019 was bad or wrong, but we're crossing over into the greatest alignments by the hand of the Lord we have ever seen, and it requires these new alignments, new pathways, new strategies. And I heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit, don't fight the alignment and the new alignments that I will lead you into. I want to go to the next section uh, here. It's called Clear Skies Ahead. I heard the word clear skies ahead. And I will tell you, as we were at this conference, now mind you, Chris, I'm not sure exactly when you sent this to us, but it was the evening that we actually were reading our email where this was in there. I'm telling you, an hour earlier when we were at the conference, a woman came up to us that we had just met, we barely knew. She began to pray over us, and she used this exact, almost exact same words, but similar terminology about clearing skies, things moving out of the way, fruit being able to be grabbed that was used to be hard, soaring like an eagle. And I'll tell you what, if you're soaring like an eagle, I'm feeling like there's pretty clear skies up there. So these are things that God is saying to us uh, as a church. Clear skies ahead. Many have been in some uh, tumultuous storms. How many? Yes. This year. And it's been very intense on every side, but there is an ending to that storm that is about to take place. The storm is about to pass. The storm is about to pass. 
Isaiah 65 resounded loudly in the spirit around me. Isaiah 60, uh, 60 verse 5. You can write that down. Then you'll see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you and the wealth of the nations shall come to you. Hallelujah. There's a tremendous joy that will be found in the acceleration of alignment that's about to take place. Not only with an increase in many ways that are going to take place, but the Lord spoke to me a major increase of provision and new visions in this coming year. So church, I mean, I don't know if you were here last Sunday, but the Lord had just begin to really speak about financial provision and financial miracles beginning to manifest in this church, in the, in the finances of the church, but in the finances of your lives as well. The Lord showed me exactly what to expect. He said to expect the unexpected when it comes to provision. God is, and I'll tell you what, what resonates with me in this, this is like, this is my commentary on the prophetic, <laughs> on the prophetic word. The commentary to me is it's going to come in unexpected ways. It's going to come, the provision that we are needing in our lives is going to come in unexpected ways. And I believe that the, the ways that we've always thought it would come, the ways that our logic comes up with on how God is going to manifest his provision is going to be unexpected. It's going to come in different ways. He is going to extend visions and give visions that are so much bigger than you could have carried. It will be impossible for you to fulfill without the miraculous provision. And this is what gets me excited. This is what we've been saying all along, the provision and the harvest. God is taking care of one as he's taking care of the other at the same time. He's going to organize the most glorious supernatural provisions that you have ever seen. And then she quotes the scripture, uh, the prayer of Jabez. And so as I go back and I looked at what uh, Brother Paul said as he spoke a vision over the church that we will terminate the enemy. You remember the, remember the prophetic word from Brother Paul about terminating the enemy? He ends it with the prayer of Jabez. This is the exact prayer that he uses. And I'm just like, who is this woman? Where is she from? And is she like secretly attending Erie Christian Fellowship Church somehow? But the Lord's just like, no, she's got a prophetic voice. So when she speaks, you ought to listen every once in a while and get, when you get confirmation in your spirit, right? So then, the, so then there's the prayer of Jabez, which you know as 1 Chronicles 4.10. Uh, there's written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. For those who love him. She went on to say, there's going to be extension of my kingdom. I'm going to build in ways that you've never seen in the past. But building will be stewarded by moving in radical obedience. We have to move in radical obedience. And again, if you were here on Sunday, God is calling us to some pretty radical obedience. There's never been a t- there, there has never been a time for many in the body of Christ that we need to hear and to know the wisdom that he will give us in the years uh, 57, 80, and beyond. And the word says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously and without reproach, and it will be given, uh, given to him. And then I'm not going to read this whole last page, but the last part of this title is talking about bringing justice to the land and that there will be a greater battle for the nations, a greater battle for the nations. And again, if you weren't here last Sunday, but God has spoke to us at this conference that every nation and every tongue, we will begin to see people come through these doors that don't look like us, that maybe don't act like us, but we are going to organize and get our house in order to welcome them, to bring them into the presence of God and let the glory of God radically transform their lives. 
So when I was, I'm not going to read this whole last page, but my goodness, I was just so excited as I read through this thing. And we were sitting in bed at, at the conference going, oh my gosh, what is this? This is awesome. So God is good. He's doing a, he is doing an amazing work. Uh, so I want to get to this. Met, well, you know what? Let's just pray over this just for a minute. You guys don't have to stand up. You can sit there and uh, Russ, uh, Rich uh, and Ashley back there. We don't need any um, music or anything like that. Let's just, just pray for a minute. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the visions and the prophetic words that you have over this church. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are bringing things into a divine alignment. Father, that you are bringing such unity to this body first and unity within your big church, Father God, the big C. You are bringing unity and alignment like we've not seen before. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are calling us to a new season of provision and harvest, even greater than we've seen in 2019 as we move throughout the rest of this year. But Father, this year is not over yet. We are continuing to believe for this alignment, for these visions, for these, uh, the provision to come week in and week out. And Father, we thank you for the miracles that have been occurring, the miracles in the physical realm, the healings that are taking place week in and week out. And Father, we are just asking and we are relying and standing on your word that the same miracles in that realm begin to come in the financial realm as well. And we, as those two things begin to collide, Lord, we are praying and believing for a revival to break out as we pray, as we seek, as we're on our knees asking you for your kingdom to be expanded. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, for every decision that needs made at this church, that you would give the leadership team wisdom, you would give the staff wisdom, you would give those lay leaders wisdom in what they need to do, in the directions they need to go. And Father, I just thank you for the alignment that you have planned for our staff, the alignment, Father God, of our extended staff, and the alignment that we have with this congregation. So Father, we know that as we all move in the same direction, as we all are rowing a boat in the same way, how much faster we can go, how much farther we can go, how much more power we have when we are in alignment. And so, Father, we just thank you for it. We seek you for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, the harvest. You guys, let's talk about the harvest for a little bit. Uh, I want to start in, uh, let's see. I want to start in uh, Isaiah 43. In verse 19, Chris, you sent the scripture to me. Um, here recently, and it just was resonating with me, and it says this. It says, Behold, Isaiah 43, 19, Behold, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. He is doing a new thing in our lives, in our hearts, in our relationships, in our finances. This is a new thing. This is is different. This isn't like it used to be. This isn't uh, church 101 as usual, as normal. This is, no more, this is not normal any longer. This is a new thing. When something is new, what, it seems to be not normal. It seems to be not normal. And so what I'm really amazed at is that we walk around expecting the miraculous. It has almost become normal. And so this is okay. This is, needs to be our language. But I'm believing that this new thing that God's doing in our lives, we're going to have the same expectations of our relationships, the same expectations on our finances as we do in the healing realm. It says, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Last I checked, making a road in the wilderness seems like it would be pretty much a miracle. A stream coming out of nowhere, a river in the desert, God's supernaturally doing something. 
Not possible in the natural realm, but always possible in the spiritual realm with him. Galatians 6, verses 7 through 10 says this. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Church, if we, if we are expecting a harvest, if we are expecting provision in our finances, if we are expecting souls to be saved and this harvest, we need to be sowing into that. We need to be sowing into the things that we are expecting to reap. If you want to see strife, then continue to sow into strife. But if you want to see victory, then begin to sow into victory. If you want to see victory in your finances, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, this is a, this is a smaller group on Wednesday night that I can say this. But when people start saying, I can't pay my bills, but yet they don't tithe, I don't, I'm not even sure what I can say to them. I really am not. Like, I love you guys. I'm just speaking the truth. Like we say, well, I just, Lord, I, I, I pray, I believe that every need will be met. I pray and believe every need will be met, every bill will be paid. I know that I don't tithe, but I still believe that. And you're just like, wait a second. And I'm going to read this, these scriptures in Deuteronomy. Like, it, nowhere does it say, like, expect God to do his part always because you, but you don't have any part to play in this thing. God expects obedience on our part. We want every bill to be paid, then go ahead and begin to tithe and expect God to do what he's going to go do. If you're not doing what you're, what you're doing, you are actually blocking the blessing. You're putting up a wall and a door that says, I can't even open this door. God can't go against his word. You understand this? He can't go against his word. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows of the spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. So you say, oh my gosh, I started tithing. I started sowing into this ministry or doing this or do extra time in the Bible and I'm sowing in, but you know what? It's been three weeks and I'm exhausted already. No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't work that way. So let us not grow weary while doing this good. Don't get tired. Just... You haven't seen an absolute miraculous turnaround like this. It's okay. Keep pressing in. Keep going. Keep going after what God has in store for you. For what happens? For in due season, you shall reap. What if you don't lose heart? Ah, No, no. You can't lose heart on this thing. You've got to keep pressing in. We talk about physical, physical miracles in people's lives. Well, Pastor Jason, you prayed for me, and I said all the right scriptures, and I spoke all the right things, but the supernatural healing has not yet manifested. No, we keep, okay, but we keep pressing in. It's done in the spiritual realm. The physical realm is still working to catch up. We continue to press in. Because in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are in the household of faith. My takeaway here is the harvest is a result of something we sow. The harvest is a result of something that we sow. So what does an abundant harvest look like? What does an abundant harvest look like? Deuteronomy 30, verse 9. Deuteronomy 30, verse 9. It says, The Lord your God will make, excuse me, the Lord your God will make you abound. In all the work of your hand. I love this. Think about every, every aspect of your life here as you're reading the scripture. The Lord will make you abound in all of the work of your hand, in the fruit of your body, 
which to me is our generations and our children and our children's children, in the increase of your livestock, means those, that things, those things in which you own, and in the, in the produce of your land for good. Why? For good. He will make you abound for what? For good. So that we can do good. I think too often we think of like finance, well, it's just so I can have a nicer car or so I can have a better home or I get, well, no, 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 no. God wants to do these financial miracles so that we become distribution centers of his provision so that we can reach the lost, that we can help those who are widows, who are orphans, who those who are needy, who those need help. This is not so we can get a better recliner at our house. Now, if you want to buy a better recliner at your house because the, the old one is not comfortable enough, then go ahead and do it. It's fine. Ask the Lord first. Yeah? Just like I had asked the Lord, should I go to this conference, yes or no? I know someone's got a newer recliner. Sometimes you got to get the newer recliner. It's okay. I get that. I'm not, I'm not you know, condemning that. What I am saying is that we need to go to God in prayer. But the reason why this provision is coming is for good, for his good, for his kingdom. It says in the next part of this, for the Lord will again rejoice over you for good, as he rejoiced over your fathers. You understand, church, he is rejoicing over us. We just sang that song. He is jealous for us. He loves us so much. He rejoices over us. Oh, we made a mistake. God must hate me. Where does it say that in the Bible? He loves you. He cares for you. You make a mistake, he grieves. His heart hurts because he knows the sin and where it takes you and the pain you end up in because of the choices and decisions you made. It doesn't mean he doesn't like you anymore. He still loves you. He rejoices over you. Verse 10. Here we go again. If, if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Oh, so it's just like, well, Lord, all right, show me what you want me to do. Show me. I want this. I want to be able to be God's distribution center. I want my life to be radically transformed. I want to see the lost saved. I want to be walking in my calling and my purpose. I want my kids to be blessed. But I really don't want to obey the things you've asked me to go do. No, it doesn't work that way. Oh, my goodness. This is, it says, if you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commands and his statutes, which are written in the book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. I love it how we just said that scripture from, and I don't have it up there, in Matthew six thirty three, right? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's talking about being obedient to seeking his kingdom. What does his kingdom want us to go do? What does his righteousness say we have to go do? Sure, we all sin, we all make mistakes, but what I've been talking about in identity, that doesn't mean we are sinners. No, we are saints who happen to sin. We need to change our identity of who we actually are. We are no longer sinners. We've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So when we seek him first, yes, he has forgiven us for our sins, but he still demands and asks us to, to be obedient. What is this abundant harvest? What does it look like? It's an overflow, a surplus, more than enough, beyond measure. Uh, Kenneth Copeland Ministries called it one time and said something like a bumper crop. A bumper crop. I'm like, what on earth is a bumper crop? And then all the farmers are just like, uh-huh. Let me tell you what a bumper crop is. So I can tell you what this is because I had to look it up. In agriculture, a bumper crop is a crop that has yielded an unusually large and productive harvest. 
I'm talking unusual. So when we say provision and harvest for this church, I am talking about an unusual harvest. I'm talking about an unusual growth in the kingdom of God that I believe is coming. This bumper crop can also be a source of problems. <laughs> Here is the problem. When there's insufficient storage space for the overlarge crop. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have been praying for a, at least over a year over these seats, saying that these seats will be filled, that we will have to, every one of them, we will be adding seats in the back. Church, I'm telling you, we've got more seats than you see here. Amen. Okay? They are stored downstairs. They are stored in the kitchen. They are, you see them around. These, there are more chairs look just like this. And I want to put them up back there because I have to put them up back there. And I won't put them all up and everyone comes in and like, oh, I feel like there's nobody here. No, no, no. I want to begin to put them up because, you know what, I need my space. We live in America and we don't want to sit in the pew next to everybody. And so between every family, there wants to be a space or two. I'm going to start saying, well, you know how we put up that uh, sign up there? It says, please move into the center. Yeah, I put it up there in faith. I think maybe we even pulled it down. Rich, we should put it back up. At some point in time, I'm thinking we're going to put it back up in faith. Because I want people to come in and be like, oh, move to the center. Why do I have to do that? Because there's not going to be enough space. Because the bumper crop is coming. Okay? The bumper crop is coming. Gloria Copeland said this. Can't take credit for this. She's awesome. Uh, she says, people a lot of times destroy their own harvest by being in strife. Good harvests come with love. Oh, and it's just like I keep thinking back to this word of unity and alignment. Unity and alignment. Unity and alignment does not equal strife. Strife equals disunity and misalignment. And so this, that, that her word there is right on. There are no limits to the size of our fields or the ability to contain our harvests. You know, church, I think of the 13 acres that we have here on this campus. It's a beautiful campus. People have put so much effort into it. We are calling this property debt-free in Jesus' name. Because there are more things that God wants to go do on this property. And he's beginning to kind of stir up some things that we want to go do in, on this property that I think God has in store for us. But I don't even want to begin to start doing all those things until God has this thing totally paid off. And we're ready for the next phase of what God has for us. Deuteronomy 28, verse 2. I'm probably going to end uh, with this portion of Scripture. I'm going to read through verse 13. And if I haven't hammered home the we have to obey the voice of the Lord thing, you're going to get it here as we wrap this up. So Deuteronomy 28 is talking about the blessing. The blessing of Abraham, the blessing that as children of the Most High God in his family, what belongs to us. What this blessing belongs, belongs to us. And as Jesus paid the price on the cross, he, what he did was he made the blessing available to us now that we live in the New Covenant, in the New Testament. And it says this in verse 2, it starts, and, these, and all these blessings, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Amen. Bumper crops here. Ooh, yeah. They are coming to overtake us because, why? Because, oh, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. He is demanding obedience of this church. He is demanding obedience in your life to the things he's asking you to do. He's demanding obedience to this scripture. We as a church, we have to stop walking around not being obedient to this word of God and expecting different results in our life. Amen. They say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. Well, church, that applies to us. 
doing the same thing over and over and over, but not making a change, not changing how we parent, not change how I talk to my spouse, not change some of these things. I want this relationship to get better, but yet I don't ever actually make any changes to make it any better. Verse 3, blessed, and this is now I'm just going to talk about some blessings here for a little bit. We can get some amens here. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. That means, okay, where do you live? City or country, we got it covered. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, and the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Well, to me, guys, that's your businesses, that's your jobs, that's your finances, that's your investments, that's your children, that's all the things that God has in your life. This was written in this time in the context. Everyone was farmers, okay? Well, we're not all farmers anymore, so these things apply to us. Just because you don't have herds and flocks and lands, that doesn't mean this doesn't apply to you. You get this? Verse 5, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out, into your house, out of your house, into your job, out of your job. Into the library, out of the library. Into Wegmans, out of Wegmans. Blessed where you go. Verse 7, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. I'm talking about the termination of the enemy who is coming against us. I'm not talking about your spouse here, okay? I'm not talking about terminating any, any relationships that God has placed in your life. I'm talking about the enemies who rise against you. Who are our actual enemies? It's not, we're supposed to love one another. So if we're loving one another. These are not our enemies. Our enemies are the kingdom of darkness. This is who we're fighting against. They shall come out against you one way, and guess what? They're going to flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you and in your storehouses, and in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. Verse 9, the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he swore to you. Okay, this is like, this is like the obedient sandwich, okay? So he opens the scripture with obedience in verse 2, and then like halfway through the blessing, he's like, just in case you forgot about obedience, just in case you were doing too much, a little bit of too much dancing about, yeah, I'm blessed everywhere I go, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, and he's just like, wait a second, if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, and he's just like, hmm, just a little reminder, like I'm going to put a little obedience sandwich with like one little piece of salami obedience in the middle. Okay, you're getting this analogy here? It's actually a pretty bad one, but you understand what I'm saying. Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body and in the increase of your livestock and the produce of your ground and the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. So it's like repeating it. It's like, okay, obedience, bam. Oh, yeah, let's remind you guys again, right? So sometimes as, as human beings... Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God and hearing and hearing the word of God. So this is like, this is like God writing in the Bible, like, I'm just going to help you with your faith here. Because just in case you forgot the previous scriptures, I'm going to remind you of these things again. And the Lord has opened to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand, the rain at the right time. I, I, don't, I don't want the harvest when we're not ready at this church. I want the harvest right in God's perfect timing. You know, I wish it already happened, but this is my timing. God's got his perfect timing in it. And then here, you shall lend to many nations and you shall not borrow. Church, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not even sure I told the staff yet. Uh, but the Lord had spoken to me again on something years ago 
And it was this idea that as a church, we are actually going to be able to be lending and not borrowing. And it was just like, I don't even understand. Like he kept saying like the word like bank, and we're going to be a bank. No, not in that sense. But I truly believe that as a distribution center, we are going to be bringing in funds and we're going to then be able to be able to distribute them and to be able to do the work of the kingdom. And we will not be borrowing. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And then you shall be above only and not, above only and not belief, not beneath. Above only. That means we are never belief. Uh, never beneath, and then he like wraps it up again with the obedience sandwich. If you heed the commands of the Lord your God, which I commanded you today, and be careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods and to serve them. Starts with obedience, obedience in the middle, and obedience at the end. This is the blessing of the Lord. He is requiring us as a church to be obedient, as a people to be obedient. And uh, next week, I'm going to actually only got halfway through this, but next week I want to get into some of the how, to, how do we as a church, how do we as people begin to reap that abundant harvest? What do, what do I have to do? Well, one of the first points is going to be you have to be obedient. But we'll get to the, if, as if you missed that tonight, you're probably going to get that again as a reminder next week. But that very first part is obedience. There's some other things that I believe God is calling us to do that are in the scriptures that says, here is how we begin to reap that abundant harvest that he has not just promised us in his word, that he has prophesied over this church. As we opened up with Amos, we should be really attuned to what the prophets are saying to us. And I want to do that as a church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. Father, I thank you that you are a God of miracles. Father, you are a God of miracles. You are doing amazing and wonderful things, Lord. Father, I just, I'm going to say the lyrics of this song, Father, as a prayer up to you. It's a song that we had heard at the conference. And so, Father, we are just, we are committing this to you. We're committing these lyrics to you in the name of Jesus. It says, mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. God, we believe, because yes, we can see it, that wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still being raised. Giants are still being slain. God, we believe, yes, we can see it, that wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. Father, we just thank you for your miracle working power. Father, we are here for you. Come and do what you do. Father, thank you for raising people to life. Thank you for moving people from death to life. Thank you, Father, for a fresh revelation of your word. Thank you, Father, for a strength of obedience that we can walk as you have called us to walk. Thank you, Father, for love and the fruit of the Spirit. Father, may we walk around with that fruit of the Spirit being so evident in our lives that people will begin to ask us, what is different about you? Why are you different? What has transformed in your life, Father? Because of your power at work on the inside of us. And so, Father, I just pray a blessing over the rest of this week. 
We thank you, Father, that you encourage us every single day. And Father, we thank you that your mercies are new every day. And so, Father, as we leave this place, I thank you for your blessing, your favor, and your anointing on our life. We worship you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you all for coming. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.